Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I am your host. Today we have an HHMC or my podcasting partner named Josh Reed and I sit down and we talk about relevant topics that will help your training. So today we talk about the offseason because for a lot of us that's where we are and what you should expect from downtime. So during the episode we talk about why not taking downtime might be the reason you are not hitting your goals how long you should take downtime, and how to start a plan for next season, some key metrics to track and to consider from your previous season and for every season moving forward, and some qualitative questions to ask yourself to help help gauge your success from your previous season. So as the offseason gets moving, it is an opportunity to work on some of your weaknesses or to configure a new strategy for next season. And one thing that I know is that it's hard to figure out what to do that is going to help your OCR results, especially when it comes to strength training. There are so many elements of the races that it can feel overwhelming to try to figure it all out yourself and and put in all the work in the gym and still carve out time to get faster and to do the work that you know will really prove during the race that is obstacle course racing. And plus, there's so much information out there that it is hard to tell who to trust. So we saw this and we decided to create a coaching option specifically for strength training for the obstacle course race athletes. So these workouts, they're built to fit into your training schedule so that you can improve your strength and durability while you're getting faster for OCR. So you get the peace of mind of of knowing what work you're going to do and 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 that it is going to pay off in the long run and that it's not going to waste your time you're not going to be spinning your wheels while you are at the gym and you'll have the exact prescription of workouts of what to do and how much to do and you'll have the guidance of a professional coach and a high level OCR athlete along the way these workouts are fun they're engaging and it makes strength training not suck which is always a plus it's only $19 a month and people are already putting in that work so take a look at the link in the show notes to learn more shoot me a direct message at reinforced underscore running underscore rich or shoot me an email at rich at reinforced running.com. Okay. Here is my guy, Josh Reed, HHMC. And it's interesting for the way I feel this year versus the way I felt after last year. Like last year, it was very much a, like I, like I just really tried to hang on to put the pieces together to finish out the season. Like Tahoe, like West Virginia, I I wasn't even sure if I was going to run and Tahoe, like I wasn't that healthy. And I just kind of was trying to get to the start line. And then I did like this ultra just almost for no reason, like, which was really kind of silly in hindsight, but I just like had, I just didn't feel satisfied with the way that the season was, was happening. So like, I wanted to continue to push into something else. Like, that's okay. Like my miles right now, I'm healthy now. So like, let's do this ultra. It's in November. And then, then I'll call it a season. And even after that, I was just looking back at my training log. And after that, that ultra, I still trained for the following week just because like, I just didn't feel good about the way that the season had like wrapped up and like it was all just disjointed it was super long and there was never any like really good like peak fitness that I felt I had reached where in this year I felt satisfied I felt really good about the way the planning went I felt really good about my performance especially in the running end of the OCR stars like that six mile I PR'd in my four mile and my five mile and route to a six mile so like and like those times that I had my four mile and five mile like pretty good. So I was really, really happy about that. That's probably the best running time that I've ever put together, like for an event, like 
ever. It's probably my most impressive PR, if, if you could say that. So ending the season and then Burby Mountain, like I was happy that I was able to show up and, and get like top five in that event because I thought the toast bar workout was just so skewed towards the one movement that it like didn't show like my capability of being able to like bang at it in the gym. So I'm glad that happened. And I actually did better in that workout than I did in the mile. So overall I felt good. So when I finished, I was like, cool. I don't feel like I have anything more to prove here. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, I feel like this season was uh, a success on the execution side of things. And then on the side of the performance aspect, because I felt like I did everything I could and I pushed as hard as I can so I could shut this thing down and feel like I I deserved it and that I feel happy with the way things ended where there's been seasons in the past where I have shut things down because I felt terrible and that I just felt like I just had to because like there was going to be bigger races coming up soon. And so I just kind of forced myself. But this is the first time where I really was like, cool, I'm good. So like, let's take a rest. <laughs> nice. So, so clearly, so this year you had, you had an awesome season. You had an awesome buildup going into this compared to the previous year where you didn't, right? You weren't satisfied. So polar opposites. What did you do last year once you got into like the end of November? What was your decision there? And how was that different from your decision this year going into the same time of year? It was very much based off of when I needed to prepare for the following year. So it was in the beginning of the COVID year, but we knew there was going to be a Jacksonville race. I think at that moment, at that point, they had already, or there was, we kind of knew there was going to be the first U.S. National Series was going to be in February. So I was looking at the big picture of things. It's like, okay, if I want to prepare for anything like this, or I, I was even looking at the Stadium Series, and I wanted to make sure I was in good shape by April, and then I was going to do a race in May, and then call that like my first half of the season. So just like looking at the way things lined up, I was like, okay, if this is the the plan I want to execute for next year, I like have to stop now. It wasn't that like I was feeling ready to, I just needed to actually stop. Where this year is like, it, it, the season actually went a little bit further into November, but it was like, once this is done, I'm going to give myself a mental break and I'm going to just pick up training as it would be normal and worry about when I'll be ready for later in the year and not be so hyper-focused on like these early events that what, that happened in 2020 because 2021, we're not, we're not quite sure when things are going to roll around. And it also gave me the confidence that this 2020 structure and training of the season like went well, right? So like, okay, I just executed a really good like annual training plan so i don't need to continue to kind of train to prove to myself that i need that like that the fitness aspect is going to work because i know it's going to work and i know it's gonna it will happen again if i chill out now it'll come back really really quick and i've always kind of known that but i never got to the point where i got to this year where it was like it showed up in the results so so you just said chill out like why why do you feel at this point right now you should chill out at this point there, because there was so much buildup, I got to a point where I had built up my volume and intensity to its peak. And then I've brought it all the way down so that I was tapered and generally rested. And with those OCR stars, it essentially was like five weeks of tapering, right? There was no real training, that was layered in throughout this. It was just kind of maintaining, maintaining. 
And so by the end of that, like five, five to six week period of time, like my training was almost non-existent. Right. And that's how a general planning should planning should work. You should build up and then have, you know, a two or three or four week taper or, you know, two week taper and a week of recovery. So there ends up being like three or four weeks where you're not really deep into training because when you're deep in the training, you just want to keep going. Like you feel progress, you think, see things happening, numbers are changing and like you're, there's this upward trajectory of how things are going. But like after a long, after like a long taper and like a performance period, you're almost at scratch anyway. So there's no real rush to just start driving things back to where they were because you're not close to where you were. So there's not this urgency. So it really felt easy to be like, okay, well, I'm not here right now anyway. So just now's the time to take some rest to do some other things other than just like get back to where I was because there's no, because my fitness isn't where it was six weeks ago and there's no real event to to rush back for. So at this at this point in time, like those, that event just got done. You, you kind of want to chill out. So is that more so to, is it just like a, a habitual thing you do? Like every year, I'm going to take this much time to not run because it's, it's healthy. I recharge or are, are you feeling beat up after this? Do you feel like you really need to physically recover or is it more mental? Yeah. If this year, no, I'm not actually that beat up because they're like the events were short and they were on road and, or the gym. So I don't have like the events themselves weren't that brutal. So I'm not that beat up from the event and the training was down so low. So I feel like I could have gone back into training, but for me, it was more mental. Like it was like four weeks of competition and just being really strict about everything. And that's another thing, like for me, when I need to, to really hunker down and focus on performance, the training will always be there. And the, the way that I can lead myself into a performance block, like that's fine. Like actually doing the workouts is no problem, but like, the lifestyle things behind it are what's exhausting to me where it's like making sure I'm getting as much sleep as possible, making sure that my diet is on point in terms of food quality, making sure that like I'm not having any type of like drinks or out extracurricular activity. that's going to like really not serve my performance. So like, that's the part that's really hard for me. And like coming into the holidays was great because it's like, okay, cool. Now I can just like finish, have a couple cocktails and not have to freaking worry about it or feel guilty about it, you know? So to me, it's like a mental reprieve in terms of like the lifestyle. And like, I've been thinking about that a lot too, is like, the, we like periodize our programming so much, right? Like this phase is for base building. This phase is for pre-competition. This is your taper. Like I, I kind of need to periodize my lifestyle <laughs> to make it sustainable, right? Like just how like you can't sustain like a 12 week, pre-competition phase you might be able to but like a really hard training block isn't super sustainable without rest i feel that way about my lifestyle and i feel like there's a lot of guilt behind the way people's lifestyles are or like if their sleep gets out of whack or their stress gets too high like you need to break from that i need to break from that so that's kind of how i'm thinking about it also it's like periodizing my brain <laughs> word um, word so that, like that, that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense yeah you like you have to decompress you have to decompress and like, it's like I said, physically, I keep it going. I'm sure. But, and I, I've had this need in the past to just feel like I need to keep training. Cause like, what else would I do? But there's just this, this thing that can happen that you could just kind of continuously run in this cycle where you n still think 
you need to, you're not there yet. You're not quite good yet, but like you might not be good because you've never stopped training. So it's like, which part of it? And it's easier to keep, to me, it's easier to keep training and just keep chasing it. Or if you just like chilled out and backed off and then allowed yourself time to recharge mentally and physically, like you might see much bigger, better results, but it's like this moment of trust. And you also had a season, your season ended a little bit ago, right? And you were very much into like some longer distance ones. So we were kind of on the opposite ends of what we were preparing for at the end of the year. So what was your process like when it came to just like chilling out? Were you, were you planning on that? I know you hurt, I know you hurt your hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you hurt your hand. Uh, <laughs> and I'm glad it's feeling better. Uh, but like, was that, was it a dead stop for you? Or did it get to a point where you were like, I'm exhausted. I need a break. Or how, how was that on your end? I, uh, no, nah, actually. So coming up to like that final event of doing the Prezi Traverse, I knew that I was like the last event that I had really planned, like loosely planned was that long event in the Catskills that I was planning on doing in like early October. But after, after I think I think I did the Prezi Traverse on the 29th of September, so it was already like pretty close to that time of year where I was gonna take time off, and I had a really good day, and I I hurt my hand uh, and my pinky. Actually, my pinky still kind of messed up, but uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, and you gotta push through. You gotta push it, man. Yeah. So I was like, between that, I was pretty stoked on it. Like my my foot was a little a little beat up as well because i've been wearing the like the irox on super rocky terrain like they're called irox but they're they're really like mud shoes you know from vj like vj shoes i muds yeah they're not they don't do they not rock plate no rock plate pretty minimalist like but they're super agile i mean i love them they're great performers and they treat my feet better like for whatever reason they don't blister my toes like the extremes do so i wore i wore those and like i was hammering hill so i was a little beat up from the rock impact but all in all i got done with that i thought like i'm super stoked with that i had a great performance like i feel really good but at the same time i'm super duper satisfied i'm super satisfied i don't feel the need i have nothing else to prove this year i'm gonna stop while i'm at a really good spot and not like stop like let all my fitness fall away but like i my goals were done it's time to kind of sit back decompress from the training scene think about what i want to do in uh, next year plan out my my own training and, uh, and then, yeah, hop back into it with a little bit more excitement, not only because I had taken an entire week off. I literally didn't do anything for a week. And it was the longest week ever. Nice. Hilarious. But then I got back into it and I was doing some uh, slightly different movements that I've been doing throughout the year. So there was excitement to do something new. So th- was it a blend of satisfaction and excitement to start something new? And how did that, how did that relate to the end of 2019, if you can recall? Like, what was your – like how my season ended – like shit the year before it was harder what was your season like the the season before i uh, coming out of coming out of 2019 i i took a little bit a little more like time off i can't really even remember what was going on i remember i I'd have to like look at my journal but I, I got kind of distracted by some things and i wasn't really disciplined with my training at at that point i also had some other things going on like trying to start like start my own business and, and work jobs and you know holidays and stuff going on so i took a little extra time off but by the time the last week of December came around. I started, I, I hopped back into it. I knew I needed to spend more time climbing. I knew I needed to spend more time in the mountains. So even though I, I took some time off, I, I got pretty excited about getting back into the mountains. Like whatever happened, just like the fire hit me. And I was like, you know what? 2020 is going to be a, a fucking awesome season. I'm going to work really hard to make it happen. And even though there was no like real sparring races for me, it ended up being an awesome season. 
Totally. I, I feel like I this is the best season I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I like zero oh, raise with my Yeah, I know. Like and I don't want to speak for you, but I think that you and I both were at like the highest fitness levels that we've ever been in in our endurance athletic career. And yeah, that's just call this the PR podcast because PR and everything this year. Just mashed, crushed, crushed PR 2020. And so yeah, so we definitely felt the same in terms of like the satisfaction of things. And so there is like this part of how much time to take then, right? You say you took a week of doing nothing. I've taken this week. I'm not doing nothing, but I'm, I'm very less structured. I'm not really running. I've run like once or twice, only like 20 or 30 minutes of running at, at, at one shot. And I'm just kind of like going down to the gym. I just start my watch and then I just do stuff for an hour. And it's not that intense. Like it's really not that structured. It's like sort of fun. It's not that fun. I'm just kind of like doing stuff. <laughs> sort of fun. It's not like, that fun. Really not that fun. fun, but like sometimes it's mobility. Sometimes I'm just, I'm just doing stuff. And when an hour hits, I'm like, cool. Just for both ends. So I don't keep going. And just to, so that I, I am moving more. Not I'm not just like sitting in the house all day. So... There's this, there is kind of a balance of when to start up again and, and what, and how long you should take of like complete downtime or moving into your off season. For me, like just the idea of a quote unquote downtime. I'm not sure if that's actually what it's called. I just call it that. Is that, mm-hmm. but have you, been, have you heard it been called downtime? Downtime off season. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's whatever. All right. No. We're using it. So I've always thought of downtime as like two weeks of like one week of like off and the second week of like really light. And then that third week, then you can kind of start to get back into some structure. And suddenly like you took one week and then started to kind of put some structure back on it. Oh yeah. I went right into super, super structured. Oh nice. yeah. Yeah. I put out uh, like six weeks of really no running, just, just focusing on building up leg strength and doing some uh, just more variety, kind of putting my joints through some slightly new ranges of motion. What's that look like? Yeah. Uh, well, rather than running, I went back into uh, this muscular endurance workout that I'm a really huge fan of. It's just strength endurance. So just like lots of box step ups, lunges, mm-hmm. uh, squat jumps. It's straight out of the uh, the uphill athlete. It's a good workout. I felt results from it. You feel you get to build leg strength and leg endurance, but in a fashion that's not running. So there's less impact and it's just a little bit, you put your joints through a little bit greater range doing that particular workout. So something like that, I'm doing lots of uh, lateral movement, lateral bounds, lateral hops, single leg, both legs, ice skaters, different jumps, 90 degree jumps, 180 degree jumps. So just like lots of spinning, twi- twisting, side to side jumping and uh, and building up like strength again, but really focusing on more like maximal strength and trying to avoid putting on any more muscle because like i'm already i already feel beefy my biceps are good enough i don't need them to be any bigger that's and this is an interesting time to do something like that and it's an appropriate time because like i feel like a lot of times it's 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 really hard to add in things like that when you're training at a at high volume or you're like looking to perform really well really soon like adding in those type of things where it would be just muscular endurance and some some joint strength, it's hard to find a place for that when it's like, all right, well, I need to do speed work here. I need to do long run here. Like, when does this all work? And I think that that can happen to programs a lot where it's like, oh, I just learned about this thing. Let me put it in four weeks before this next event. And then it throws the it throws your total work rate, like it gives a jump in that. And then it makes things a little bit less predictable. So now is a really good time to do those type of workouts or – uh, things that you feel like you might have been missing in your regular training. And then you can just see 
how that makes you feel. And then you can see if you want to keep that or change that. So, yeah, man. I mean, when you're doing like, if you're doing eight to 10 hours of gym work, it's like, yo, not a lot of people are going to have time to do that and run a mile, you know? No. So, so you got to make decisions. If you have your, if your sport involves mostly running, you have to spend most of your time running. So yeah, now is a nice opportunity to kind of like, I'm letting my running legs kind of chill a little bit, still holding on to some leg strength or building leg strength even and holding on to some endurance. But yeah, focusing on like doing more, being more generally prepared, like working on my general athleticism. And then mm -hmm. I'll, I'll work more into the specificity as we get closer into late winter, early spring, depending on how things are looking. Got it. And it's nice because like you start, like I don't think I would have, I'm not going to have a phase quite like that where it's without running at all. I probably am going to get back into running in, in two weeks, like how I said, and just try to have a little bit of structure there and start to build out like my full running plan. But with this time, it's going to be about fitting in strength work that is going to be kind of similar to what I was doing through OCR stars, where I'm going to be doing a little bit more conditioning with my strength work, something that's a little bit more, you know, Metcon oriented, but with, with like Metcons that aren't meant to just beat you into the dirt, but trying to, trying to get my versatility in training through those type of workouts as I start to work into the, the next season. So that's really where I'm going to kind of try to add things in that I didn't have necessarily during my big training throughout the year. And I'm going to probably try to keep that in for the, for as long as I can, as long as I feel like it is going to serve me well, because that's one thing that can happen, right? You can kind of get really stuck on doing some routine and CrossFit's a great example of this. And then it gets to the point where it's like, is this helping your goal or is it hurting your goal? And like, you kind of have to have a, a moment where you really have to have a, honest conversation with yourself like is this helping <laughs> you know or do i just like it but uh, Dude, this is definitely this is like a big time of year for that kind of stuff man thinking about like is this good is this getting me out towards my goals whether it's because like you're messing up your sleep or you're messing up like how you're eating or, mm -hmm. or you're just not i should say messing up but, like you're just not as aligned as you could be or it's like it's cold outside you don't want to go out there or whatever it's like yo it's a that it's a hard it's a hard time in a lot of different ways and kind of putting in a little bit of extra work might be necessary yeah. right it's it's your it's off season for also, like I said, your brain periodization off season for that too, but you can bring it back. You don't have to backslide for good. It does not have to be like that always. Right. Um, so, so, so my understanding is like you and I, we had a good season. We mm -hmm. took just a little, little time, just a step back, you know, for a short amount of time. And we're going to go back into training, starting out with some not running focused work. We're doing some slightly alternative work. That's a little, it's not super duper specific for obstacle course racing but it's good kind of like general conditioning is that what i'm understanding on your end too that's what's going to look like on my end for sure but with running is going to come back pretty quick okay okay <laughs> it's always going to be my bread and butter that I, makes sense man makes sense i feel good about it i feel i i like to do it i don't think that i would mentally feel that well <laughs> going going away from it for too long and i don't I think see, I, don't, I believe I don't, you i see yeah. it in your face and i believe you besides that, would, that 28 minute six mile isn't gonna run itself next year no so. exactly yeah i gotta get this thing faster <laughs> so it's like so you know it's it's like who should who should follow in similar steps to what we're doing what what individuals should do that what individuals should maybe not even take one of these quote unquote off seasons or step back, you know, what's appropriate for, for these different people out there. Yeah. So it really is going to be goal dependent. And I think the most common 
advice that kind of gets doled down about like kind of bringing coming back in out of off season training is to just go into like a base phase. And I feel like that that's just good general advice, but I feel like a base phase is going to look different for every single person. Like if there, if you are an ultra runner who is going to be doing, you know, say like yourself world's toughest or going after the 24 hour Spartan, but you're not comfortable with how your leg turnover is, or you just feel like if you could get a little bit faster, like then you might be a little bit more confident. Like now's not a bad time even to do some speed work in like your quote unquote base phase. Mm -hmm. But on the opposite end, if you feel like your leg turnover is there, like something like myself where it's like faster turnover is something that helps me get really sharp and really good for race specific instances. Like I'll probably just start doing miles and little, little, little pieces of, of speed work, like fartlek workouts or just like minute pickups here and there, maybe those hill sprints type of things, just to keep the speed present, but not to have it be like the main focus of the training. Cause it's just hard to like recover from at that point. So like, it's lame to say, but it really just does depend. And it's all going to be, that's always the, the right. That's always the answer. It's always, it depends. And actually before what proceeds, even deciding who's going to do what, not only does it matter, like what their season looked like, what the year, you know, what the whole year looked like leading up to this point, but you, these, uh, everyone listening has to kind of think about what they want to do next year. Like what is, what is the goal for me? It's, it's right now it's looking like WTM and that's a full year away. It's literally like 350 days away, like <laughs> right. you know? So, so that's a far away goal, but if someone else's goal is like, they want to do something in January or they know what they want to do in August. It's like, that's something that they should kind of think about because if they don't have any particular goal, that kind of, that, that changes things. So that's perfect. So like, what was that process like for you? How did you decide? I mean, I know world stuff is, has some like a spot in your heart and you're like that race is my shit i need that orange jacket bro i need that orange jacket jacket. you look good in orange an orange hat on right now it's very bright it's a very bright orange so the orange jacket will go real well with like the whole thing that you have in in terms of like your look so i think that that's a great reason but like like when you look at the scope of a year how like what is your process like for that like how do you determine the goals that you want to to go after what am i good at now what am i shitty at now how long does it take to how much time do i have how long does it take to build uh fitness or or skill in a certain region does do i have the time to do that uh if not should how much time should i invest in this particular thing before like moving more towards the next thing so in other words it's like okay this event's pretty far away i could be faster but speed isn't really necessary for this particular event however it would be good for just ultimately my economy and my my turnover and for other events that are going to lead up to that that i might care about so i'll work on speed but ultimately it's just going to be time on feet so it's like okay i need to build my mileage with my mileage <laughs> right. is, once my mileage is really high i'll probably increase my durability by continuing to do strength stuff maybe throw uh throw a vest on for my hikes things like that but even even more than the nuts and bolts of like how you're going to get to that goal how did you even determine that goal aside from the orange jacket? Like what was it that you're like, my goal race is in November. How did you decide that specific race? Well, it's the only one that's like on the table right now. I saw like Atkins posted about it. And then, you know, like Killian wants to go to it. Trevor Seikos wants to go to it. Javier Escobar. There's a, there's a bunch of people that want to go there who have already done a hundred plus miles. It's going to be good competition there. I'm going to feel super driven to go against these people and try and stand on the podium with them. So when you kind of look at it, is it that you want 
to see how you stack up against the best of the best and like wherever that would be like that's where you want to go or was it more about the events or was it about unfinished business like it's like if if, if <laughs> all if, of those all of those yeah. dude it's such a fun event i had such a good time there I, I the distance calls to me i've never run 100 miles before so between it being fun between it being a distance that i want to achieve the the competition yeah yeah all those so it was like a no-brainer for you for sure what would you have done if they put it on the same day as spartan no competition man i'm going to world toughest yeah dude the obstacles are just more fun man like you go through more water you wear a wetsuit it's just it's it's a different style you know it's just messier and that's an appropriate answer sometimes when talking about goals right it's always like oh i want to get on the podium i want to get this time or whatever but like having fun and enjoying the race is is something you should consider right or like oh my friends go out there and I know it's going to be a good time. And that's where I'm going to like, even around the event, like that's appropriate. That's an appropriate way to set a goal, you know? Um, also, it's like probably the only place I can come close to beating Mark Ade. Yeah. So Mark, you better be going. He, you better be out there, Mark. Yeah. I wonder if he will go. Cause that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be I hope, good. yeah. I hope it's like stacked. So stacked. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to actually be nervous. I haven't been really nervous for a race in a while. So yeah, to get out and, and to, to get after it that way. So so you're so right from the start of things, you already know you have a full year to prepare for this. So it makes it easier to kind of like like work backwards then, and that gives you the time. So you st- you stopped in September. Yeah, yeah, my, like, yeah. My week off was the first week of October. First week of October, right? So that gives you that that gives you that leeway. It's like okay, my race is not even for over a year. I I can have this this luxury of taking six weeks of doing things like spending time on my bike, spending time in the gym, because I know that I won't might not really need to get after specific things for several months. So how's that going to look like for you then? Like when you start to look at world's toughest is late November, right? Mid November. What, what months are going to be the most critical part for you in terms of training leading into that race? Well, it's going to be, I'm going to be doing a lot of building this winter for sure. I'm going to kind of do like a, like a two build, not really like I'm going to peak necessarily in the middle of summer, but I plan on doing a lot of building up and seeing how durable I can make myself uh, over these winter months, take advantage of the snowy mountains. Cause it's like, it's low impact, but at the same time, it's like tougher to move around and it's cold. It's just, it's, it's fitting. It seems befitting. And yeah. I also like it out there, but I'll, I'll take advantage, I'll take advantage of that. And then, and then again, coming around like August and September and Probably I think half like halfway through October, it'll be pretty high mileage. It'll be Got pretty it. high mileage. Yeah. And that's goal specific, right? Like when talking about oh, an event that's gonna be twenty four hours when your goal is a hundred miles, like it's not gonna be a sixteen week build. <laughs> like your build starts today. It's a dude, no time to waste. It's a, it's a year away. There's no time to waste. It's a fifty week build and it just has to be a, a appropriate in terms of how you structure things out, which is how you're saying like breaking it into two pieces, but knowing like August, September, October, those might need to be those blocks of where I would mentally periodize my training to be like, this is where I need to be in crunch time. Well, right now it might be like, okay, I'm going to go out, still enjoy, just get in, but just get these miles in, but you're still working. But like crunch, crunch, you know, when crunch time is because you know, when your race is and you've already had that time to like, look at the grand scope of the entire season and know exactly where it's time to like hit it hard. Right. So, so, so thus, yeah, it's been easy to kind of determine where I'm going to go right now. 
Exactly. So, so I'm kind of a fort I'm kind of a fortunate one in that regard where I have like a specific event. If I didn't have that event, I would just know, okay, I need to work running economy and I need to keep getting better at like climbing up hills. But I wouldn't really have a date that I'm like, I need to get good by by this time or be at a certain point by this time. So so I guess anyone listening, it's like, you know, put a goal out there in one way or another, put something on the calendar, I think uh, is what I kind of recommend to anyone. And that's where we're kind of at the opposite ends. It's like, I've just finished this event and now I'm leading into this season where there are not necessarily any races that I know that I'm going to do. Like if Spartan Worlds is in Abu Dhabi, I'm probably not going to go. If it's if there you Noram's at, at, at Tahoe and I haven't really been doing the, the national series that much. Like I don't know if that's gonna serve me well. If if like High Rocks has been is going well, if Decafit's actually happening, these indoor events, who knows? Like who knows if those are gonna happen? Our stadium's gonna happen because like sports like the people who the teams that actually own those stadiums and play in those stadiums, their schedules are all over over the place. Right? Like they don't even know when they play. They're gonna get canceled and moved around. Like, I don't even know how Spartans could possibly secure a date for that. Like they'll be like, dude, get out of here. So for me, I'm kind of on the opposite end. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what it's going to look like for the the next year, but I know where that I'm going to want to work in that, you know, 30 minute to like hour, 30 minute time frame. you know, with the caveat that if I start to work into a beast, I know that I need to have my, my volume at a certain level, to pivot into something like uh, a Tahoe or something like that. So what I went ahead and did, I went back and looked at my previous season and just, and there's, there are definitely good metrics to look at through something like training peaks or through Strava, right? You can kind of get a snapshot of what's going on, but to like really know you kind of have to go through it. So I went back and actually went through like each week of training, starting at the beginning of my season last year i only did half the season because it was taking a long time but so i went through it and i looked at a couple of different metrics i looked at what my starting baseline test was and then like my ending baseline test and how many miles per week how many hours per week out of, of running how many hours a week outside of running and i also tracked my my body composition my, my like weight i had that all all saved which was great and then just kind of like looked at it in the snapshot of things and saw it after about 16 weeks of like like four week mesocycles, I was able to really kind of get into peak shape. Like I saw at the beginning of the season, I was at 16.05 for a 5K. And then by the end of those 16 weeks, I was at 15.05. So I know that I can take it from, from over the course of those weeks. And I saw the exact miles that I was running and all the other stuff that I was doing. And it can kind of give me an idea. It's like, okay, if I have an event where I want to get peak shape for like I need 16 weeks. So I'm a little bit more fortunate than you are because like I can be a little bit quicker that way. Whereas like if you plan for world stuff as mother, it gets canceled. Like, I mean, at least you have big volume and if you're planning to do world stuff as mother, like doing big volume, you'll probably like it. <laughs> like you'll probably be better suited for other events that you'll do anyway. But like taking a real look at the season that you previously had and Everything that happened to this, so I was able, even able to see like, oh, this is a, the time that I went to Mexico for a wedding. And this is a time where I like went on vacation. So I could see how my training became inconsistent. But for the most part, like if I do all of these things in this exact order, like I'll be able to have this type of result, which is helpful when trying to pick something what you don't quite know what you're doing. <laughs> so then it's just a matter about 
getting that volume to a place where you feel comfortable doing it and just kind of keeping doses of speed and not necessarily like cranking at any type of hard progression right from the jump. All right. So, so someone like, so, so somebody listening so, uh, and gathering that bit of information, if they go back and look through their, their data, maybe they'll see something similar just for ease. They say, Oh, it looks like it takes me about 16 weeks as well. Mm-hmm. So in the meanwhile, without having an event on the calendar, knowing that, okay, you need about 16 weeks. I mean, in the, in the meanwhile, are you just want to kind of work on, on everything? Are you just, like, you, you are going to be running, but you're also working on like your general fitness. So would you say that everyone out there should just kind of be like, just having their toes kind of like in everything kind of staying engaged with all the different uh, facets. So not, so they're not too focused on any specific thing because it's not necessary right now. Yeah, I think there's two ways to go about that. I think that's really valuable to do that. And it's a little bit less stressful. Like if you're going to have more of what we uh, let's call it undulated progression, where it's like a different workout every Tuesday, a different workout every Friday. It's like maybe a temper run here, maybe a fart lip workout here, maybe some fast pickups here, maybe do some bucket carries or whatever. Just like keep your general fitness around. I think it's a good approach for obstacle course racing in general. And just so that you're, but having the progression and having there be consistency with like the total amount of hours, I think would probably be your best bet. And just knowing that the total volume is there and not going insane with, with intensity. So I would kind of keep the intensity on the lower end of those workouts. I'd probably stick with things threshold and slower. So I really wouldn't get any like 10 K five K mile pace. This is for me personally right now, because everybody like caveat, it all depends. For me personally, I wouldn't go anything faster than that just because that to me would be more race specific and I need to have space for that for those 16 weeks to kind of build into where I really want to be. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. I'm doing something a little different where I'm like, I'm not doing a lot of intensity, but when I am doing it, it's like, it's really short. It's really short and sharp. It's kind of like that reverse. Yeah. It's like that reverse periodization thing where it's like, I'm moving, I'm doing short, sharp stuff off the get just to like. I uh, will feel that like that limb speed, get the heart rate up really quick and then bring it back down, but nothing super sustained. So overall, the amount of stress I'm taking on is fair. It's like, it's really, it's moderated. It's easy. Right. And, and that's kind of why, why I said like staying away from 5k, 10k mile pace, cause that will beat you up. And, you, and if you're, and you can handle a good amount of it. And that's why it's so effective to get you an awesome running shape is because you, it's like, you can, it's the maximum dose of hard work that you can do before your body shuts you down doing super fast stuff. You can only do a little bit of it to like really get that, the effort that you want, right? Like hundred percent effort. You can only do that for 10 seconds, <laughs> right? Before you can really go, go too crazy. Where if you're doing like thousands at 5k pace, that's like three minutes of three minutes, something of work that you can do like six times. Like it's a lot and it can really tear you down. And like what I was saying, you could also, do it like the approach of being kind of generalized and that is a really good good approach if you like variety if you like to have fun if you like to have add different splashes in and you might not want anything super structured or you could kind of do the thing like we talked about working on your weaknesses like you had mentioned earlier it's like what what do i need to work on or that ultra runner who might not have the they won't have the luxury to do 400s in august or september like you're not going to be on the track in august or september doing 400s i don't think me yeah probably not <laughs> probably not <laughs> but like if that's something an area you want to go if you're like hey i want to see what my leg speed's like or on the opposite end for someone who's more in that stadium realm or a sprints realm like working on that longer sustained endurance like if you did ocr stars in your mile 
was much better than your six mile. It's like, okay, you need to work on some of that longer duration, some of those endurance pieces. So doing like longer tempo runs, like changing the pace of your tempo runs, doing like a mile at like marathon pace and a mile at a little bit faster and easy pace, just kind of moving things around would be another way to kind of go about that. So working on your weaknesses, I think is an appropriate time before those 16 week training block where you have to really kind of hone things in to then sharpen up to that actual race specific stuff. But so I don't necessarily approach it as in terms of like working on my weaknesses. Do you do that much? And do you, are you like, I need to do this stuff because I'm not good at it or how does that work for you? To, to a degree, for example, like with the flat running, I'll end up doing more of that and spending more time with my running economy. But it's it even though I know I'm not very, very good at that compared to some of my other skills, it's it's not super high in importance. Like, okay, I'm not I'm not really great at it, but it's also not super high in importance. So I'll spend some time on it, but not a crap load. I'm gonna work on the other things that I know are gonna be ultimately more beneficial for the sport, which is just in keeping my whole body communicating well with like compound movements, being able to move my body through space mm-hmm. and, and making sure like my hips, and my legs are just durable to handle the abuse of the courses of the quick, of the quick movements and sharp turns and drops and jumps. So I'm not bad at that stuff, but we can always get better at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- that's the thing with obstacle course racing for sure is like terrain based work. And that's one thing I didn't even mention for mine, but that would be part of like the 16 weeks. Like if I know that like my goal race is going to be maybe one of the U S national series races, wherever they end up being, or say it's just like Palmerton, whatever. Like I know that my work that I would need to do in that 16 weeks would need to be on terrain specific stuff to really kind of make sure that it gets sharp. But for me, cause that's a weakness of mine. I'll definitely spend time on the trails in this kind of base building phase, kind of like this generalized phase. And if I'm doing tempo runs or fartlek runs, I'll probably do it on trails just to kind of like do a little bit of both. I'm all about that, man. Like talking to me, I'm like, yo, you're going to get stronger and have ultimately like healthier joints and like stronger core and better reaction time and all of that. You have better engagement running on trails. I know I got it. I got I got a pair of VJs. I got them coming in the mail. I don't think I told you. I got the the Maxes. Oh shit, son! I'm excited. They do that. Do that does have a rock plate, right? I believe it is. I believe oh, it you does. Don't, you don't have a pair of Maxes? I don't have a pair of Maxes. No, I have the extremes and the IROX. I might get some Maxes though. Everybody listening definitely has a pair. Every other has a probably. Pair. I need I need to get on board. VJ just owns us. They us. do. They got us. So yeah, I got I got to find out. I got to see what's up. I don't need to, and they're they're a lower drop. I think the maxes are a six. Yeah, I think that's, the, that's I, modest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and I'm fine with that. So, did you do much in terms of like reflecting? Are you a reflective person when it comes to your training? Like, will you stop and be like, "Hmm, what did I learn from the previous year? Like, what what did I learn from the races that I've done? What did I learn from the training? Like, what did I add? What did I take out? Or like, actually, let me just ask you." What did you learn this past year from yourself in terms of like racing and competition? What did I learn from this past year of racing and competition? Yeah, about yourself. One, I love FKTs because I'm alone. I'm in my own head. There's no one else to look at. And I just always assume that there are ghosts around me that are faster than me. And I'm like, nah, fuck you. I I don't know. It's easier to compare myself to myself because there's nobody around. So, so I realized mentally speaking, I'm pretty strong there. I feel like, but more, more physically, in terms of like physicality, I'm like, all right, my downhill 
still solid just like just send it <laughs> and it's going to go pretty well but something that i realized that i dropped out in the past that i needed to bring back in was more of the heavy lifting i realized like okay hmm. i'm super strong i don't need to i don't like need to do that anymore but at the same time it just it just did something did something for me like even though like the strength was there let's use like deadlift for example i at one point in time i was so competent it felt so natural to lift a weight in that manner and even though I like still have the strength going back to it, it just kind of like felt awkward. Yeah. Um, and I just looking at my time from like, say one ultra marathon to the same ultra a couple of years later, and it's like, my time was better, but I felt like it should have been better, better. And so what that told me, it's like, okay, what was I doing then? That was really good. It's like, okay, my hips, like my, I was really durable, but I didn't have as much volume. And then this past year going into it or, the, or two years ago going into it, it's like, okay, I was faster. I was doing more mileage, but, but left less lifting so i felt like i had better cardio but i was like slightly less durable so mm -hmm. that made me realize like okay i need to i need to bring more heavy lifting back into me back up heavy lifting back into me back into my training because that had served me well so heavy lifting in combination with higher volume I'm like okay that seems to be the money maker for me nice so you learned this year that you know the competition doesn't necessarily have to be present with you that like you're able to to push with fkt's you know chasing the ghost of the FKT or whatever that, that is, that is satisfying to you. And also that like heavy lifting is something that you didn't have that you wish you would have had. And you feel like you would have better performance on that end. Yeah. Yeah. The takeaways for the year were definitely like keep heavy lifting in, keep, keep volume up, but like easy volume. Cause like my, my body doesn't like roads. So some of the stuff was just resounding from previous years. It was like, okay, check still don't like roads. And then the other thing was like, oh, bring lifting back in. And then the other thing's like, oh, yep, keep doing, keep doing mountain stuff. So, but yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely check-ins. There's definitely looking at notes like, oh, this felt good. This felt bad. I need to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, so that, that's, so that's a little bit of the training aspect of what you will learn this year is that you think that heavy lifting would, would be appropriate. And the racing part is that you just, you don't necessarily need it to have a race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I, it turns out I just really like running. Like I nice. started obstacle course racing because I wanted to, I was like, oh, I'm strong. I'm going to crush people on these monkey bars and sandbag carries. But it ended up being mostly running. And as I started running more, I'm like, wow, I just really like running. Running's that's, great. That's the thing, man. Running tricks people. People like think that they are going <laughs> to sign up for a half marathon with their friend. And they, they learn like, oh, this is actually, I actually don't hate this. Or like, you know, I used to play a ball sport. Like, oh, I hate running, whatever. That's my, that was my sports punishment. And they get like, ah, this actually doesn't suck. This is actually... It's actually pretty sweet. I think I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, should I do a marathon? Should I get a pair of short shorts? Yes, you should get short shorts. You shouldn't wear tights over or under your short shorts. Just rock your short shorts. <laughs> Brian, I had to do the tights. I got to do the tights, man. I got too much chafing. But anyways, enough about me. What, what do you have like, over the past year? Because I'd have to ask you the same thing. It's like, you must have been reflective. That's going to that's gonna influence how you go into the next year, what you do yeah. right now. And it's nice. I always like the, the year end of the, the, the list they get, the Spotify list. Got King Giz on yours. King Giz, um, Wizard Wizard. Check him. <laughs> I, I try. My buddy's always trying to get Dude, me to check They him. have this song called Superbug, and it was very fitting for this year. Super, oh. Yeah. Good I'll check song. Good song. I always tell my buddy, I'm like, oh, and I put, the, I put the albums on. They just came out with a new one. I put it on, and I just like couldn't. Bro, they put out a new album like every eight weeks. It's they like, crutch. They yeah, put out prolific. so much stuff, man. Prolific. But I love those lists. My list was was pretty basic this year. I was, I was kind of bummed about how basic it was. I'll tell you about it later. But um, it's – Can't wait. 
but I like these reviews, right? And like, I like this, I like that this part of the year, there is this like reflective nature. Like ultimately when the calendar changes from 2020 to 2021 or 2019 to 2020, it doesn't mean anything. Like in these months that like, there's nothing that has to do with any of our mental state that changes. It's just the sun comes up, the sun goes down. Like there's nothing that matters, but like, it's a good time to sit and reflect on like what, what has passed. And if we didn't have this type of structured time and, and, you know, monthly schedule, we may never necessarily do that. I'm sure they didn't do that when it was just like, I'm just trying to hunt and eat food and, and move on. They probably don't do, do too much reflection. So I do like the reflective period that this has, and this is another good time to do it, sit down and just like think about it for a little bit. So, but in terms of like racing, I mean, I raced really well. I mean, they're all virtual races, obviously. And the only race I didn't race well at was the one that wasn't virtual, which was at Jacksonville. But I really have worked hard on shifting the focus. And this this year really helped that to not have the goals be like not having the goals hinged on the, perf- the, the outcomes, right? Like how well my place was or how well my time kind of came around that. I, I learned that being able to kind of push myself for the sake of pushing myself is like enough. And it's something I feel like I've been sort of striving for, for a long time. And it's something that I really was kind of forced to execute on this year is that like, if you push yourself and you're satisfied with your effort, then like you will accomplish your goal one way or the other. And if like your fitness follows your aspirations, like your, asp- your aspiration, will fit your aspirational fitness will follow if you push yourself as much as you can on race day. And if like, Dude, you can be satisfied that. with that. Amen to that, man. I feel like we've said this before, was like you might finish a race and like you're, the place wasn't what you wanted it to be, but like based on how you feel, you're like, no, I, I for sure gave it everything. Like I couldn't ask for more and I'm happy because of that. And sometimes like I would finish a race and be like, I, f- I gave it everything I had. I finished like six and I'm still pissed because it was like this, this reality that set in on me. It's like, okay, is my best not good enough like and i just didn't like that feeling and it's just like you know almost like your mortality right like it's reality that's like right in front of your face and it's like uncomfortable and now like i feel like that i've spent so much time alone and competing alone that like i would be okay with i am okay with that those type of finishes and if i finish sixth or eighth at a race and i know everything i did is what i could have done i feel like i've made that step and it's hard to say because there are no physical races but I felt really satisfied with the efforts that I was able to put forward in terms of like the racing itself and training. I I've learned to just, you know, volume, I, I just reaffirmed like volume matters and, and having structure and having it plotted out and having very specific aspects of what you're training for will pay off. And just, I, I think I learned more that, like how little of do- how little dosage you would need to get results. Like it doesn't need to be 12 weeks of one thing to get a big result. It doesn't like you could just, you can adapt pretty quick to get race specific. Anyway, you just have to be consistent. You just have to be consistent. That's you just have to be consistent. Yeah, and that's about reflection, man. That's yeah, definitely what I've seen with myself. It's like if I take a week off or I'm down for a couple of weeks, like, Oh, well I didn't really jump up in fitness that much over these couple months as I thought I would have. Well, look back, see. Right. And if, and that's also alarming too. If you look back and like, Oh my God, I thought these, all these weeks went well. And you saw like, Oh, there's several like unplanned days of rest 
or some travel didn't go the way that you thought it would or, or whatever. Like there might be things in there that you didn't necessarily think were in there. Cause when you're in the moment of the workout, you're like, Oh, I'm crushing. But like, you forget about like how inconsistent you may have been. So that's another reason why like looking back is important. Okay. So another thing, Josh, I want to ask you, what is something that you added into your routine that you saw big results from this year? <laughs> you already know, son. Kettlebells. Kettlebells. Kettlebells all the time. They have been they have been awesome. As far as like I was saying with the deadlift, how like some of these lifts make me just feel like my whole body's kind of working better together, like more effortlessly. Nothing's done that like kettlebells. I mean, like the fluidity that you that you end up just like having to have with swinging a kettlebell just the way the whole kinetic chain works together the the power that i feel like through my hip extension the confidence that i feel in my grip and how i notice like oh i can get all these back muscles to do work and not my arms and i'm not trying to like muscle things around so it was it's been a really awesome learning tool and strength building tool that's like it's super convenient to work around i'm using it for mobility it's just like yo kettlebells are the shit and uh, she'll have one you should get one they were, are available on Rogue again because I went because our gym shut down here and I jumped on the Rogue real quick. I was like, let me see if I can grab one, but I think I'm going to be okay. Um, <laughs> cool. Good one. So um, on my end, I did a lot more of that like joint mobility. Like I learned a lot from Taylor Cruz and Cruz Elite Training. And the way that I was able to be to train pain free has been pretty astonishing. That's really been the limiting factor. And that first 16 week block of the season last year, by the end, I was just so run down. Like my feet hurt real bad. I just wanted it to be over. And I took some time and learned about like the joint mobility pieces and really put that into my practice almost every day, six days a week of doing some sort of joint mobility where, you know, it's very hip, knee, ankle, you know, wrist, shoulder focused, like in your neck. And it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. But then after, and it's like really kind of gentle and you just kind of move around. You just have to be focused on how you're moving. But dude, it just helped so much. <laughs> it just like allowed me to train and and not hurt because that was always the thing. Like in, in my case, like it was like pain ended up being kind of a limiting factor for me and not necessarily like fatigue or anything. Like if I didn't race well, it's usually I'm like something hurt. And that was a point I wanted to see if I could fix and i don't necessarily know if i fixed it but it definitely helped alleviate that the joint mobility piece that that was awesome dude that's an important one that's pretty sweet yeah and so that's another thing apart on this reflection period it's like did you add something that served you like was it good another piece josh what was something that you removed from your routine that you saw big results from i uh, honestly man i can't really say that I that I did. Yeah, I can't really say that I really removed anything. Uh, I guess something that I made an adjustment doing was I, I did cut back on the volume of my calisthenics and changed up the style. So there were periods and times where I would do, I'd wake up and I'd do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats. And I was doing that every day. And it was just kind of, it became kind of un unnecessary. And I switched it to more, more power, power movement. So I would end up doing like 25 pull-ups. 50, 50 pushups, 100 squats, and I'll just do them all at a much higher velocity. So that's an alteration that I've made to something that I had been doing for a very long time. Yeah, you remove, you remove volume. That, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of volume. You're doing 100 pull-ups a day? Well, yeah, well, I was like, yo, if I join the SEALs or something, like, I got to be ready. Got to be ready, be, bro. Yeah. 
That's right. Uh, one arm pull-ups. Do one hundred one arm pull-ups a day. Holy shit, yo! I I'm like shit. I got three, four, two, three, bro. How long until the new year? Was it three weeks? Three weeks. Uh, yeah, probably about that. Okay, yeah. I got three weeks before I I was one of my goals this year. I got to do two consecutive one arm pull-ups. I'm like, yo, the training's intense right now for the pull-ups. Is it just that the eccentric coming down has to be really hard, huh? And then, to, again, and then to pull it, and then to pull again at the at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that makes sense for me. I, I mean, this the like the thing I've spoken about a bunch, like the lifestyle, like sustained pieces of not like drinking is just like fantastic. Obviously, it just makes me feel so much better in every aspect, and just like recover better, sleep better. That's just kind of a no brainer. But like being able to put it in place, you know, it's like you can have like a week you know, leading into a race, like, oh, I might have a drink, like, you know, two or three weeks out. Like I think sustain big, long pieces to really see how you're feeling, you know, cu- cutting that out can like make a huge, huge, made a huge difference in uh, my performance for sure. When it, when it came time to. Hell yeah. Side note, did you notice the change in body composition? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I actually, I didn't focus on it too much as it turned into straight up competition phase just because I, that I didn't want that to be a focus in anything. It's like, okay, here I am. Like, this is what I got. Like I need to fuel this and, and just whatever, like nothing, it doesn't matter how I look or what the scale says. I need to just make sure I'm doing whatever I can in terms of like the performance. Like, am I shredded? Cause I stopped alcohol or am I shredded? Cause I'm running hundred miles a week. Who cares? I'm Who shredded. Cares? Shredded. But I, that happened that I did the same type of no drinking block in February and I, I lost a bunch of weight and i got real ripped super ripped so i wasn't as ripped as then but but yeah i mean you will see it like if you if you're if you want to lose weight and you're not and you're drinking like mm. stop stop the drink just don't do that anymore so that was good that that's the one on my end and I, I i forget i had another one but i forget now but i forget i'm like searching for it in your eyes yeah, now that you can see it, but maybe maybe if this was like in 4K, I'd be able to get it. Yeah. So there was a couple more examples of you know when people have these big buildups and kind of both how we did and that we were satisfied with how they ended. But like you know some of the athletes that we're coaching are in some interesting spots as well. And again, it always depends on where you're at, who you are, and and what this is going to look like moving forward. So tell us a little bit about some of the situations that you've been kind of handling on your end with the athletes you're coaching uh well like one individual that i just actually just started working with after getting his history he just kind of floated through the summer not doing a whole crap load of work so he never really felt beat down he constantly felt healthy and even though he was like he was consistent throughout the summer but again just wasn't didn't do anything intense and he has a goal he has a goal to do in a local actually a really cool local ultra marathon called manitou's revenge this beast it's 54 miles and sixteen thousand feet of vert and that ends up being in in june so it's like all right you're healthy now that's your goal and we have we have uh this amount of time to get there perfect so he's getting busy he's excited he's like you know covid's been been going on he hasn't really had the guidance like i said he's just kind of been floating along now he has structure he's ready to rock and he's going to continue to push it's active season for him he's, he's working hard and he's going to continue to work out to that that goal whereas someone else that i have had uh again had a, con- a continuously like decent year was it was more structured than this other individual that i just spoke of however they are also still feeling very good feeling enthusiastic excited we have a goal on the table uh, and that's all the way coming around next year as well we have a full year to work towards this 
But since they're in such good health, feeling driven, I see no reason for them to pull pull back for any reason. So pushing on. Totally. And it again, it just does depend if you don't have like that big build in your training and then a big event is a reason to back off just so you can mentally refresh. Or if it's a huge event that you're physically going to need to back off for, like, like a world's toughest, or even like something like a Tahoe or, you know, like a, a season ending beast where the effort you're going to put forward is going to take a lot out of you. But like, if you're feeling good and you haven't had this big, crazy build and you're ready to start something like, yeah, just keep rolling. You don't have to take two weeks off in November, you know, it's just like the most logical point. So if you're ready to train, keep doing it. But you got to ask yourself, like I said before, like, are you training because you're it's appropriate to train or are you training? Cause like you're chasing something because you're dissatisfied, right? Because those are different. So like, if it's that, if you're dissatisfied, you might need to kind of take a step back just to kind of take that mental break. But yeah, it, it like, depending on your circumstance, I definitely kind of keep things rolling forward. Yeah. It's, it's exciting too. Cause I mean, it, it might seem uncommon, like for most folks who are going after like spring summer events, they're probably just doing like easy stuff right now. I feel like that's a pretty, uh, pretty common thing, but like I got these guys doing like speed work and, and strength because based on the schedule I put together, I'm like, yo, this, this is where it fits. It's this where is it, a good time to do it. And so they're getting after it in the cold. They're, you know, <laughs> running hard, lifting heavy. It's a sweet time of year for them. Totally. It's awesome. Yeah. Like they, and like, and that's where people can, gets worried about what other people are doing it's like oh well this person is doing speed work right now i saw on their strava like should i do speed work it's like well you don't know what they're training for you know what their goals are you don't know what they've come out of so yeah if you have that goal and 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 it's appropriate to keep training freaking keep training and otherwise just do just do stuff that's good for you (laughs) if you're not sure what to do just do good just do good stuff totally so you're going to add in some strength training this year yeah, yeah, I don't have a barbell, but I, I got a, a buddy locally, so I'm gonna end up going and hopping over on that barbell. But other than that, I'm I'm still gonna focus on kettlebells, heavy ass uh, kettlebell swings. Keep doing like the Turkish get-ups. All that stuff feels phenomenal. My shoulders are loving it. My body just feels like it it knows how to operate better. So yeah, lots of kettlebells. Continuing to do this kind of general preparedness, a non-specific work, and I'll end up picking up running. I already ran like 20 miles this past week, so I am picking up in the running, but. I'll, I'll be spending a shitload of time in the mountains come uh, like January, February, March. Nice, man. Yeah, I'm probably going to be doing something similar, just getting out some miles in the next two weeks, trying to spend some more time on the trails with my new VJs. I have a car now so I can drive to trails, make it oh, easier. A car. Got a car, man. So I might not have to spend all the time on road, uh, even though it did kind of pay off by the end of the year this year when with two road races to finish out in my competition is pretty nice. Your training was nicely specific. How about Indeed. that? Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Cool. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, what? You were going to tell me about something before. What are you going to tell me about? We talked about OCR stars. That shit was cool. Oh, Spartan Spartan Games. Let's talk about Spartan Games. You want to talk about Spartan did Games? You watch Spartan Games? I did. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I thought that. I thought it was... Uh, cool and funny at the same time i was like yeah all right it's a cool it's a cool concept but uh, it looked like things were a little chaotic not only with like how things were getting run and some things were kind of hard to understand because like the camera action was also chaotic they didn't like spend time on the real event it was just like clip here clip there look at this check that out they didn't really spend time to let you see how the things were structured other than like the rock over the wall event because it took 20 seconds yeah that was the only one that they did really show it's like this person got this core score this person got this score the rest was just like a highlight reel, which I, I, I was def I was definitely disappointed with the way like, and right from the jump, I was like, 
when they started showing the highlights of the the the, the Spartan Cross or whatever they're calling it, they it, they they immediately just started showing highlights. I was like, they're not going to show this race. Like, am I not, am I not going to know what happened during this race at all? Yeah, I prefer I prefer like some of the more raw footage of like watching a national series race on YouTube that lasts two hours. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And like it's just like I've been critical of these Spartan games like right from the jump. Like I have I think that it's absurd that they had this promise of giving it giving the OCR OCR athletes something to to earn money with, and then they didn't invite very many of them. And just like the events, they don't seem to make a ton of, didn't make a ton of sense to me. And I was just soured on the idea right from the jump. And then when they show this, this is a TV show. They made a TV show. It's not an event. Like if you watch the Spartan, like um, the CrossFit games, which the Spartan games seems like it'd be kind of comparable. I mean, I don't know where they got the name Spartan games from, but you would think it was, it was derivative from CrossFit games. And you watch cross games, they show the freaking events and they have people commentating who are knowledgeable about the event and can actually talk about what's going on. And they're so exciting. I don't even do CrossFit and I get stoked watching those games. I watch the CrossFit games and then I watch like the Buttery Boys behind the scenes on it. And I, I'll watch all of it. And just because it's – these are awesome athletes and it's crazy to watch them do these awesome feats of like CrossFit strength and endurance. And that was what we had the opportunity. We could see Ryan Atkins, like how he can move in and out of things and how Hunter does has his strategy and how Aaron kind of attacks the obstacles and how it was would be a struggle for the, the football player or for the ultra runner. They didn't show any of it. So I, yeah, like I'll, I'll watch the rest. I'll watch the, the, you know, the episodes and see how they play out. But as of right now, it looks like a show that's really good for, for people that – I uh, have never done the sport before, <laughs> but like, but, but it's not a show. Uh, but no, it is a show. It's just a show. It's not a competition show at all. Like they're just kind of creating a narrative and even like the way that they were just like showing certain clips of people giving Kurt encouragement and not Hunter encouragement. It's like, Oh man, everyone seems against Hunter. And then like, it's just like, they're just making a freaking TV show. Like, this is a real sport. I thought, I thought they knew that, like what the heck? So I've definitely been, I've been critical and I was just definitely disappointed in, in that it was entertaining. I'll watch, I'll definitely watch the rest, but probably only to, to hate on it and shit on it. Another thing, <laughs> just hate, watch it. Another thing that is like that I didn't even think of in terms of consuming the Spartan games. It's like, you already know who's going to win every event. Like, the distance runners are going to win the distance running events. The strong guys are going to win the strength events. Why are we, why are you showing this at all? Like what you should have had was all athletes who are similar and then give them a bunch of different things. Like it's like if you had a basketball player play a baseball player and had them play one-on-one basketball and (laughs) are like, we'll show this on TV. It's like, well, the basketball player is going to win. Obviously they're going to win. And that's like what this is. It's like, okay, cool. The OCR guys won the OCR event and the football player won the rock toss event. Like no shit. But yeah, I, I hear that. I guess what, what does make it interesting at least is like the, they, they smash a bunch of these events together. So it's like someone was good at this event, but now they're fatigued from this other event they weren't good at. So how does I, how does that kind of change things up? I bet the people with better endurance, like the distance runners will do better. Who do you think is going to win? I don't even know what all of the events were, but I feel I feel like it'd be like either Hunter or Atkins. Yeah, I think it's, it's like there's a six hour run coming. There's like a six hour bike ride. 
And there's like the wrestling. I was actually really impressed. Hunter beat that dude in tug of war. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I will. I mean, Ryan even said to me, he's like, yo, Kurt, like he has more endurance than you. You got to get done quick or you're not going to get it. Yeah. How impressive is that football player guy? Like, is he impressive? I'm a, I, I ain't judging, man. Yo, he's a, he's a deep sea diver now. He's like a, a shot. I don't know. He's a fucking diver now. Drop, he dropped out of the swim. <laughs> I'm just saying. He should have swam underwater. He should have swam underwater instead of I'm trying sh- to float. Like, muscle is not Those buoyant. Those wetsuits were too buoyant. The, the, the wet, I know muscle is, it's hard to swim with that much muscle, and he has a lot of muscle. So I know that swim is not going to be easy for him. But like. Drag. Woods was dra- Woods was dragging him through the mud on when they first announced him. He's like he has like two career tackles or something like that in the NFL. Oh, but it's but hey, he got he got a chance to earn all that money that you know Spartan graciously put out there for the athletes who didn't have a chance to compete this year. So hey, good for them. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I'd even do it if they if they asked me to do it. I'm like, would I even want to do it now? I mean, it seemed seemed really cool from the start, but now I saw the episodes. I'm like, nah. It's just like that. I think that the episode just made it. It seemed really cool when they were when it was actually happening. You would have done so well. You'd done great. I would have loved to see you out there. Oh yeah, I would. I would have won. You definitely would have won. Yeah, (laughs) and Mark, Mark too. Mark Godet would have done really freaking well at at that event. But yeah, I wish they just invited mm, OCR athletes to this OCR event. But hey, and they're not even showing any OCR. no one's getting like featured. They're talking to like Island Ninja and the football player. They have a bigger following on social media. I don't know. <laughs> they haven't even like mentioned Nicole, like you know, the world champion of the Spartan race. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I'll keep watching. Stay right. tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Sure will. All right. Well, that's right, that, dude. Cool, bro. I gotta go. I'm gonna go do a <gasps> a running workout. Go run. Go run. Nordic, Nordic track. Good. Short, short and quick, short and quick. Trady Roosevelt. Trady Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Roosevelt, my bad. All right, dude, where can people find you? <laughs> J-A underscore S-H-U-A underscore R-I-E-D is my Instagrammy. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Grammy. Perfect, perfect. All right, bro. And I'm at reinforce underscore running underscore rich always reach out hit us up with questions if you liked this episode and you like all the other episodes hook us up with a five-star review say something nice it would mean a lot we would appreciate that very much that would be so nice nice reviews are nice they are all right talk to you later bro pieces all right all right that was great i hope you are feeling good and confident about what to do with your off season and that you should have a plan take some time to reflect as Josh and I both have in our own practice and that we encourage all of our athletes to do as well. So again, if part of your reflection process is thinking that, you know, strength training might be an area where you can improve, or if you wanted to take on some more strength oriented events like a high rocks or a deca fit, or if just strength is something you just don't really know what to do with, I implore you to take a look at the link in the show notes to look at our coaching program for the obstacle course race athlete. It it is just hard to know what to do and who to trust. And you just don't want to waste your time. And I know that feeling. And it's really hard when it comes to OCR because there's so much in the sport that we just 
you could do it. You could do everything. You could do all the things every day, all day, every day. So we, we made it really simple for you. We gave you workouts to do. They're two to three times a week with mobility workouts built in there as well. You have the exact prescription of work of what to do. And these are workouts. They're not CrossFit workouts. They're not just regular bodybuilding type workouts. They're not the standard strength workouts that you're going to get when looking at runner's world, what, what runners will do for strength. These are for obstacle course race athletes. And this sport doesn't really have very much of a paved way of how to improve your strength training in the gym that is widely available. So that's why we made this. We wanted to make it easy for you guys to know what to do, how to do it. And it's cheap. It's $20 a month and there's no contracts. You can take it. You can learn from the gym. You can learn what to do at the gym, get an idea of what the cadence feels like and how it all will play out and really it's going to make you a better athlete. I promise. So take a look at the link in the show notes and let me know what questions you have. And again, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you soon.